You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. You're listening to The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. Welcome. I'm Mo Brady. Last season, 288 actors worked as swings on Broadway. That's literally a third of the performers working under Actors' Equity Chorus contracts. And yet, the job of a swing is still one of the most esoteric jobs in the theater. In general, swings are hired to understudy multiple ensemble tracks on a production. They're asked to remember all of the lines, blocking, choreography, vocal harmonies, and backstage traffic for these multiple roles. But no swing's job is exactly the same as another, and often no one knows quite how they memorize and remember all the information they need to know. And this intense intelligence is only half their job. They must also exhibit the artistry and technique of any Broadway performer. When people say the show must go on, Carly DiNardo is one of the people who makes that happen. As the swing and dance captain for Moulin Rouge the musical, she covers seven other women in the show. Before making her Broadway debut in the production, she was a swing and dance captain for Hamilton on the road. We asked her into the studio to share her most harrowing and most triumphant stories of being a superhero swing. Here's our conversation. Hi. Hi. Would you introduce yourself and tell us what neighborhood of New York City you live in? I am Kali Donater, and I live in Harlem. And uh, what's your job? I currently am the dance captain swing of Moulin Rouge the musical. Technically, what is a swing? A swing is someone who typically is offstage, not always, sometimes there are onstage swings, but typically is offstage and covers up to 10 different parts in the ensemble and potentially extra additional principles as well. Um, And so at any moment in time, said swing would have to jump into the show at any moment of the show, into any of those 10 tracks, and pretty much keep the show going without anybody knowing any different, which is pretty crazy to think about (laughs) in that way. Emotionally, how would you describe a swing? You learn to deal with like your flight or fight mode very quickly. So you've swung two professional productions, right? Yes. With each show, how many tracks and and which tracks, if people might be familiar with them? Sure. Um, So the first time I swung was on the Angelica tour of Hamilton. Um, which was very unique because our entire swing team had never swung before. So we were all kind of going through this together and learning what it was. And it was a obviously beast of a show. So it was quite the one to start with. But I really feel like it kind of trained you to be able to do anything. And so I did all five ensemble ladies in that production. And I understudied Peggy Mariah. But being dance captain, you have to pretty much know everything. So though you technically don't have to perform them all, you still have to know. But that's a separate conversation. Um <laughs> But yeah, I did all five ensemble ladies and in in Moulin Rouge, I do all six can-can ladies and I understudy Nini. Had you dance captained before Hamilton? I had not. 
What do you think there was about your personality, your spirit, the way that you were in the audition room that make people go, Carly's going to be a great swing? Attention to detail is something that's super important as a swing. And I naturally just am someone who loves to observe and loves to like really meticulously watch people when they're demonstrating something or when they're being taught something or when we're being taught something. And I think that that's probably what it was, one of the contributing factors of like this attention to detail and having to retain so many different details as a swing is is a big tick I believe when you're on the other side of the table so how do you keep track of all of your tracks is it an iPad is it note cards is it notebooks so I originally was very old school I wrote everything down in a notebook now just with the nature of shows shifting and and being on tour like different things would have to shift as we got to different theaters and particularly now on Broadway, it, I've definitely changed to electronic. I have actually Google Docs of all my tracking sheets. Mm-hmm. So I can just go in and edit the things as necessary, whether it changes to eight instead of 10 or, you know, upstage instead of downstage or things like that that are much easier to keep a track of. When it's kind of like solidified and I, it's pretty much good to go, I'll print it out then and have one on either side of the stage if I'm debuting a track or the first few times I'm on for a track just to have as a security blanket because you never want that deer in headlights moment as a swing on stage <laughs> where you're like, uh, what's next? Who am I and where do I go? So I try to keep them just in case I have one of those moments I can reassure myself, read through my notes and, and have the answer quickly. Are your notes number by number or roll by roll? You have different sheets? Yes. So each track has a separate document. In my brain, I'm kind of a little OCD. I love to have everything color coordinated. So like props are blue, costume changes are um, green, partnering is pink, all those little things so that when I'm scanning quickly, those things pop out so I can have the information that's necessary quickly. If I have time to read through it, obviously I can read all of the details. But no, it's, it's number by number, but... Each document is per track. Okay, so for a lot of listeners who, um, you know, did shows in school or community theater, they understand how an ensemble learns a show. You Mm -hmm. know, you do a rehearsal process and everyone's up on their feet and learning the show together and you have sort of four weeks and then you do tech and then you open. Yeah. Right. Swings have to learn differently, right? Yes. The very individual thing about Moulin Rouge is that they had their out-of-town in Boston. Mm. And obviously things shifted from Boston to Broadway. So whenever those things were being taught, we were all kind of learning it together. Except they were in the space and we were to the side or in the corner or just trying to be out of the way. Because obviously everyone's trying to do their job. For a lot of it, it was not a review, but it was familiar to them already in some shape, way or form. So we really had a lot of quick catching up to do because... They didn't have to stop and redo something. It was like, great, let's we're going to do this. Let's make this happen. And then we're on the side, like, trying to go double speed and be like, okay, that goes to this, that goes to this, and then you go here. We often would come in early, and this was something that we did in, in Hamilton as well, where all the swings were kind of like, we only have each other to help each other in this moment. Um, so we'd come in early before rehearsals would start and use the taped out stage to run through the things that we did the day before. My dance captain, other dance captain, Fred, he'd come in and be like, if you want to partner and do extra things, I'm happy to come in. So we'd do that just so that we could start getting some kind of familiarity with, specifically our show has so much partnering in it. So it was nice to try and get that a little bit in our muscle memory rather than the first time doing the partnering was like before a show. (laughs) How similar are the tracks that you know in Moulin Rouge to each other? 
there are definitely some moments where they'll all do the same phrase of choreography but maybe the two upstage ladies will join in from count four and then the downstage ladies all do the same thing on different numbers or different depths Um, but then there are definitely times where everybody's doing something different yeah (laughs) so what's the hardest number for you to swing oh that's a great question um there are a couple I think now six plus months in Mm -hmm. it's obviously more familiar and and less of a a mind scrabble but like the can-can particularly is tricky because it's not symmetrical so for a swing brain it's not just oh this is the reverse of so-and-so it's always something that's different and Mm -hmm. so you don't want to be that person that runs into someone or is in someone's way bad romance if a lady is in the gauntlet section what we call the gauntlet section that is probably one of the trickiest parts of the show to swing just because it moves so quickly and it's one lift after another after another and the traffic's crazy and furious and fast and furious and, Mm -hmm. and it could potentially be very dangerous so that's definitely one of the hardest parts to swing and it's hard to replicate in rehearsal because you don't have an entire ensemble of people so I would say that's definitely one of the trickiest. How often are you rehearsing now that the show is up and running? Very frequently. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, granted, as a dance captain, I think that's why it very frequently, the swings as as a group of people... At first, we were in rehearsals pretty much all the time. Um, And all the time means twice a week for five hours? Definitely twice a week. Sometimes sometimes more more than that. Just with the nature of the first time everybody gets thrown in for the show, you haven't necessarily, like, had time to address everything. So then you'll be... I'd always come in early that day to make sure that we could go over everything and then make an appropriate lift call for that night. And, you know, it always changes on the circumstance, but... Now it's a little bit of we have new people in in the building, so it's like teaching the new guys and then maintaining everybody else's tracks and making sure that it doesn't go too long of a gap between rehearsals of different tracks and um, understudies. And so it it definitely is is constant. We definitely were doing a lot for the like six months, but you know it's just also circumstantial where it's someone's out for an injury leave and then this person has to be in the show in two and a bit weeks, and I feel like that's just New York. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Living in New York and working in New York, you have to kind of expect things to pop up. So, so you have rehearsals outside of the performances. What are you doing during the performances when you're not on? Either watching the show. From where? Um, I like to watch from the back of the house. Being in the in the actual theater, there's nothing that replicates that. So I love creeping into the back of the house and watching the show from there. Um, we also have we call Joe's room. He's um, incredible. One of our crew guys in them, and he has this big screen in his office that he opens up for us to come and watch the show, which is so lovely. It's really incredible to have that as an option. So sometimes we're in there just kind of watching one person specifically during a show, which is super helpful if I'm like, oh, let me review so-and-so today just because I haven't like looked at it for a couple of weeks. Sometimes we're trailing backstage because the backstage traffic is a Tetris as well, just with the nature of props and sets and people and having to fly certain things at certain times. So it's important to also refresh that backstage traffic because that also can get dangerous if you're not paying (laughs) attention and in the wrong spot. They're honestly... And for myself, being dance captain, I'll be noting the show depending on who's on. So they really haven't hasn't been many performances where I'm just like, oh, I'm going to chill in my dressing room tonight. I think less than one hand in six months how many times I've been like, 
I don't know what to do tonight, (laughs) (laughs) which I guess is a blessing and a curse. But one of the joys of being a swing is that there's nothing stagnant about it. No. I mean, sometimes we'll be the musicians have like a lounge out front, which is kind of between where you would go to the house and come backstage underground. And it's like the largest space we have. So sometimes we'll just be running through things there ourselves and things like that. So that's it is definitely the blessing of being a swing is that you never get sick of doing the same thing and sometimes it's like great you're on for so and so and you've not done that track in two months and you're like great let me get that file from the back of my head and (laughs) get my sheet out and so here we are six months plus into the run Uh, if you had to guess how many times you've been on um definitely over 50 okay i do have a count yeah i have like a i try to keep a count of how many times i've done each track there it is um there's (laughs) that there's that brain that you're talking about yeah it's like a i didn't do it on tour and i always regretted it sure so i tried to be a little bit more proficient with it this time around yeah i'd say close to 60. what's the most notice you've had to go on for a swing. If someone puts in for a vacation and they have that approved, we'll usually know a month in advance, oh, this person's on vacation and we get to either split the week, however which way, or someone has a personal day that's been approved and we get to have dates coming up. And what do you mean by split the week? Um, so for instance, we have three female swings and so it would depend on whether I would do the first half, Amber would do the second half, whether we'd be split it three ways, and Caitlin would be do like a few shows each. Um, obviously that's up to stage management, but yeah, that's what I mean by we could we would split, if she was away on vacation for a whole week, we would do half and half, mm-hmm. which is cool. It gives everyone a chance to get the track in their body and remember it, <laughs> which is great. And what is the least amount of notice you've been given? <laughs> uh, during a show. I, I was thrown on in the middle of act two. You'll hear an announcement or a stage manager will run in and then you're like, here we go. And then it's the mad dash to get ready because sometimes once I was like, oh, you have to be in in one number. And you're like, cool. And then we're five flights of stairs up to the dressing room <laughs> and then back down to the basement to get dressed and then back to stage. And so... It is crazy. The adrenaline is crazy. I always try to take a moment before I do go on stage to kind of exhale. Because if you take your time getting ready, then there's no way you'll be on stage in time. But (laughs) once you get on stage, you have to like take a moment. Otherwise, it kind of is just frenetic and that's not helpful. What is your favorite thing about swinging? Doing something different all the time. Mm -hmm. It really pushes your brain in a way that you don't expect. I would never have thought about being a swing until Hamilton. And now it's kind of like something that you exercise that muscle and you just kind of keep doing and you are like, wow, I keep surprising myself. Or you learn yourself in a way that you wouldn't normally. And sometimes you're like, great, now I know that this is my limit. And now I know that I need more sleep in order to do this, or I need to rest a little bit more. Or actually I know this better than I thought I did. And I need to trust myself more. And I think that that's really cool. It's a very unicorn thing to have to do. And I feel very grateful. I get to do what I love and I get to basically put on seven different caps Hmm. at any moment in time and kind of push myself in that way because I feel like you know every woman in our show is different and so whenever I go into any of their tracks I try to put myself into that character that I know that they've created but obviously in my own way and that's something that's great because you're not doing the same thing every time you really it really does change if you could write a note and then send it back in time to land on Carly's lap, uh-huh. her first day of swinging 
the Hamilton tour, uh-huh. what would that note say? Probably would be twofold. Within our first week of rehearsals, Stephanie Clemens, who's a genius. Um, the global dance supervisor for Hamilton? Yeah, she is uh, incredible. And she kind of set all the swings down. It was all of our first time swinging. And she said, for every one time the onstage company runs something, you have to do it 30 times. And it very much registered very clearly for all of us in that moment. But it's something that now having three years later had time to really explore what that means. It's so true. It's something that just changes the information from stuff that you know to stuff that you can actually be comfortable doing. Eliminates all of the self, the negative self-talk that comes when you're like not 100% sure of something. And it just makes everything more enjoyable. It actually means that when I go on stage for the first time in a track, I hope that I've done it enough leading up to that moment so that I actually get to enjoy performing and telling a story rather than just thinking, what number am I on? Who am I supposed to go upstage or downstage of? Which part of my body do I give in this lift? That's all the technical stuff that you don't want to be thinking about. You want it. Why we do what we do is because we love to perform and we love, I love to tell stories and to make people feel and think differently than maybe they would usually. So in order to do that and in order to like fill my, my, my heart up and my soul up when I'm on stage, that's something that's just part of the work. Special thanks to Carly DiNardo for sharing her stories with us this week. The Ensemblist was produced today by me, Mo Brady. The Ensemblist is proud to be part of Broadway Podcast Network. If you can't get enough of theater conversations directed into your earbuds from us, there are more than 40 other great theater podcasts to listen to on the network. Check all of us out at bpn.fm. And we've joined the world of Patreon. You can support the work we do here at The Ensemblist for as little as $5 a month. Check us out at patreon.com slash theensemblist. And if you don't have the cash to donate $5 a month, you can help others find out about The Ensemblist by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Also, follow The Ensemblist on Instagram, where we share the stories of talented artists working in Broadway ensembles. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.